Father, we thank you for this word, Father. I thank you, Lord, this morning that you would crush us to pieces, Father. Thank you, Lord, that you would bring the hammer, Father. That you would take us low, Father. That you would take us low to take us high, Father. I thank you, Lord, that I would be nothing in my own sight, Father, but you would be everything in my sight, Father. We cast down all anxiety right now and all fear, Father. We cast down every, all works of the flesh, Father. All striving right now, Father. Thank you, Lord, that you bless us today right now, Father. Thank you, Lord, that your anointing would flow from the vine, Father. I thank you, Lord, that we would get in the vine, Father, and stop trying to produce fruit without the vine, Father. Oh, Father, thank you, Lord, that we need you more than ever, Father. We don't want to be with little strength. We want to be with much strength, Father. Strength will rise as we wait upon the Lord, Father. When we're around your throne, when we're, when we're around you, Father, there is much strength, Father, because you are strong. And when we're not around you, we, we are weak. But at the same token, we need to be weak that we may be strong. So my spirit needs to be strong, but my flesh really needs to be weak that his, his spirit will be strong on my flesh. Oh, Father, but let not my spirit be weak. Let my, not my spirit be lacking. Let my spirit go from faith to faith and glory to glory, Father. Oh, Father, write your story on my heart, Father. Write your story on my mind, Father. Let me not look at any, let me not come up with any of my own ambitions and my own story that I write for myself, how I want my life to go, how I want my life to be, Father. Oh, Father, deliver us this morning from self, Father. Oh, Jesus, we want to be on the narrow road, Father. We want to be following you hard after you, Father. We want to be pressing in the, in the ground hard, Father, after you, Father. We want your word to go deep inside of our vessel, Father. We don't want to be shallow Christians. We don't want the root to just be able to be like a, something that you can just rip right out of the ground. We want it to be a strong root, Father. Your words, your spirit, your revelation, your understanding, Father. Let it go deep inside of our vessel. Let us have deep root in our heart, Father. Because your word is going to be the only thing, Father, that does not waver. Your word is going to be the only thing that cannot be touched, that cannot be shaken, Father. But I don't want to just be a hearer of your word, Father. I want to do your word. Many of us are hearers only, but not doers. Many of us have the seed at the topsoil of our heart, but the seed is not getting inside the heart and rooting down and to grow up. Oh, Father, we're deceiving our own selves, Father, when we don't do the word, when we don't do what we hear. And that's what I think God's, God's bringing, wants to bring the hammer. He wants to crush us. When there's, a hard, when there's hard ground, God brings the heart, the tiller, the crushing, the hammer. When something's hard, a hammer is supposed to penetrate it to be able to get it to bend. And sometimes we need the hammer. So see, if you came here this morning or you're listening to this video looking to hear a message that according to what you want to hear or what you think you want to hear, that's where you're, we're always missing. We're always wanting us to hear a certain word. Always wanting to, to oh, if, I wish they would just preach this message. Oh, I, I hope the message on love or joy. This No, you need the word of the Lord right now because it's the only living word. When it says obey the word, see, because we know the written word is dead right? But the Spirit is life. So when he talks about the Word that, that, that um, satisfies my soul, when he talks about every man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God, it's talking about the words that comes out of the mouth of God, not just the written stuff. See, you could be focused on, on Psalms all the way over here, but God's all the way here and over here in Revelation. Or he might not be, even be in any of it. He might just be speaking Rama. We need to be with him where he is. Where is he on the letter? That's where I shall be. Where is he just 
what does he see? Even the word of God for our life is not just even the words that are written. They're the words that he speaks to us. They're the words that even the words for our life are as much important because it's his word. His, when he speaks the word for, our, for, for the will for our life, that's the word. It's not just, well, there's the word and then there's the will of God for like, no, that's, he spoke for your life personally. So you have to obey the word generally and personally. But see, that's the problem. That's what this is about this morning. Because many of us are hearing what God is saying and hearing what God is, is speaking generally and personally. And we don't do it. And we deceive ourselves. Or we think it's automatic. Some of us think the words that we hear. See, we're in a blessed house with manna, with all types of meat flowing from heaven. But many of us, we think that we're so blessed because we were hearers and we're a part of it. But God, he said, when I come back, will I find you doing? Will I find that flesh? Will I find those, those bones made flesh now? Will I find the word made flesh in you? See, it wasn't about just Jesus of Nazareth. It was the word made flesh was amongst them. That's what it mattered. You want to be a living epistle? Well, if the word is just in your mind, but it's not on your bones, that's where we're going wrong. We need this word to become part of our bones. We need this word to be flesh and marrow for all to see a spectacle to the nations. We're all called, see, apostles are called to be spectacles, but in, a, in any, and really, we all have our, when, what, where God wants to take us, he wants to take us to the full stature of Christ. We're really all called to be a spectacle to the world, whether it's like to the world world or to people in, in the world or people around you. Stephen wasn't an apostle, but he was a spectacle that, was, that has been remembered ever, even up till now. We remember the power that was on him and all he was called to do was just run a restaurant. What are you called to do? You might feel, you want, everybody wants to be the apostle, prophet and all this stuff, but you might just have a calling, a, a gift of health, but God wants to use you in mighty power like Stephen. Even though Stephen was not an apostle, he still walked in apostolic power. See, people want the office, but God, see, the thing that people want, actually God was wanting to give to you the power, but people want to be recognized and seen by all men, and that's where we go wrong. But God wants us to, he wants us to desire to be in that, that lifestyle of resurrection power amongst us. But see, we're never going to be able to walk in that. See, we're going to be able to prove that we have been receiving the word, that we have been good ground by what we're manifesting. That's why this message is called when push comes to shove because we all talk about the word and we all come in agreement and we all say great word brother and we all say that was so awesome and we all even preach it. We all talk about it. We have conversations about it. But when push comes to shove, are you doing it? Are you manifesting it? Is it coming out of you or is it just dead works? Is it all just talk? Is it all just yes and amen and you're becoming a yes man or are you living it? See, that's where God wants to, us to, to bring it to. And I even feel God wants every, each and every one of us, God wants to take us. See, we all have problems, but we've had words been given, 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 even to this nation. And we have words that even some of us need to go back to. We need to figure out why this is happening. Why, and there's been words that have been answering that, but we need to go back and say, okay, this is, what, this is my problem in my life. Here's that word for that. My problem is, is I'm not doing that word. And I need to go back to it. I need to listen to it. And I need to start to do it. See, you can't think just hearing it is going to be enough. That's biblical, right? And I know I'm not saying we need to do things in the flesh, but we need to start to connect to the vine. We need to start, when, it, when we say, 
when we say strive for this one thing, rest, we need, there's something that actually needs to be done. We just think, okay, oh, when my body feels like praying or when I feel like doing that or we just go with emotions, we, we have to bring the word, faith, let it face ourselves and, 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 and allow God to start to let it become us because this is who we are. We are the word. This is who we're called to be, the image of God. The image of God was at one point the seed of the word and it became flesh to the nations, to the world, to see what the word looks like. When Jesus walked, it was to see what the word looks like. Because before Jesus, the word was only spoken. Before Jesus, you had prophets. Before Jesus, you had instructors that spoke about what was to come, but they were not what was to come. But when Jesus came, he was what they were talking about. He was what was to come, and he manifested it. See, that's the kingdom of God, because John the Baptist, he talked, but there was no demonstration. Now it says that you who are born again are greater than John the Baptist. And he was the greatest prophet ever heard, but all the prophets, it was the, it was the word, but, it, but the flesh was what the world was waiting for. The, what is the world waiting for? The manifestations of the, the sons of God. You could say it like this, the manifestation of the word of God. That's what the world is waiting for. They're not waiting for people to talk about revival. They're waiting for people that are going to bring revival. They're not waiting for people to talk about manifestations and awesome things of the Holy Ghost. They want to see it. They want to hear it. They want to feel it. That's what we need to be. We, need to, we, need, we can't be. We're going to be. Okay, you have places and people ministers that are talking about the word all the time and talking about revival and power and it sounds awesome you feel attracted to that because you bear witness to those things but i don't just want to be around people that talk the good game of the word or even talk by the spirit i want to talk be around the ones that are actually living it because they're going to show me and they're going to even instruct me how to actually transfer what i'm hearing into the image i'm walking see the image you betray depends on the word that you have made flesh, you have allowed to be, come a part of your heart and made flesh in your heart. We're walking in what we have inside of, what you're walking in right now is what you have inside of you. And some of us don't like what we're walking in because God still has our own, we see many of us have our own word that we go by. We have our own methods that we go by. We have our own mindsets that we go by and we're around the word of God, but God says, you, need, you cannot have holy and profane. You think of profane things and all these things. See, when God was talking about all these things, spiritual adultery and all that, he's talking more so about the spiritual things. The carnal is always like, yeah, just don't go to the movies or don't watch this or don't do this or don't go around this place. And that's profane things. Yeah, those are profane things. But see, religion is always the surface level, always, always, always. But you know what's profane? The God is religious mindsets that portray themselves to be God. It's called divination. When we have, we're putting ourselves under divination when we have mindsets that we think are of God. And it may not be intentionally. I'm not saying you're going to hell for it, but I'm saying we're actually giving ourselves a stumbling block when there's mindsets that we have that are not of God, that we think are of God, that we spiritualize, that we're carnal, and we try to walk on it, and it's the sand that just keeps, keeps fading away. What, is, what happens? The ocean comes in, the sand recedes, and then you recede with the sand. But we need to stop standing on the sand. We need to stand on his word. And some of us have the word. Some of us are looking at the rock, but we're not standing on the rock. Some of us are around the rock, but not standing on the rock. Some of us are around the rock, 
but not embracing it, but not becoming a rock. Remember like that, who is your rock? We're, like the metamorphosis, the rocks that come together and make one rock. We're supposed to be becoming one with the rock and becoming a part of the rock and becoming a rock unto ourselves. That, like, that was the whole revelation. Like even our brothers and sisters will start to stand even on, on, even on the living epistle of ourselves because we are the same as that word that we talk about. See, we can't, be, we can't look at the word and say, this is the word, but you're different. It needs to be the same. It says, I do not preach with enticing words of man, man's wisdom, but I preach in demonstration of power and authority. I don't just, just preach with the word. I give you the, the, the evidence of the word. I let it manifest to you so that you know that what I'm talking about is just not like the scribes and the Pharisees, because the scribes and the Pharisees can recite all the same things I'm doing, but they can't do what I'm doing. That's the difference. If we're not doing what he's calling us to do, if we're not doing what the word says to do, we're just a scribe and a Pharisee. It doesn't matter how eloquent we are. It says, if I have all revelations, if I have all these things, but I have not love, I'm a sounding brother, I'm a clanging symbol. But well, what is love? God is love. So if I do all these things and I have all these revelations and I have all these teachings, but I have not God, but I have not the power of God, I have a form of godliness that denies the power, I'm just a clinging symbol. I'm just another person talking. Right now, if this is not by power, it's just me talking, but it needs to be by power. We, need to, we're, we are endued with power. We need to mix the things that we're getting and mix it with the power that's inside of us. And I had a, I had a dream a long time ago. I've, I've only told it to certain people, but I want to kind of bring it before all because it says a lot. And I've had it, I had it a long time ago. And, I, and in this, this message I've actually had a, for a long time, and God told me to bring it. I actually had another message when I woke up, but then I came to the office and God said, no, preach this one. And I felt an unction, a strong unction. And when I know things happen like that, I know like it's the word that we need right now. Because I don't want to just, we don't want to just preach the word. We want to preach the now word of God. See, what's, what was now then is not now now. Even what, what came yesterday is now stale bread, and now what comes from heaven is the fresh bread. Even if it was revelation from God, we think that the old wine is just, and the, and the old bread, the stale bread, is just from religion and stuff. Yes, okay, but what, even in a sense, that is like considered now yesterday's wine, yesterday's bread, and we're still feasting off of that, but we should have been feasting on it then, so now we can feast on this now. Some of us are stuck on something that was given months ago because we can't put our hand to the plow for it. We can't put our hand to it. We can't, we don't, we're not letting it manifest. So God, we keep going around this mountain with the same thing that we keep struggling with, but God says, just do it. It's like he, he has the plow right there and he's, and he's saying, push it. All you have to do is push it and I'll give you the strength. I'll, see, that's the thing. God's going to get, it's not by, my, not by power, it's by his spirit, but it's a dance. It's not something, he just drags you along. Okay, dead body, come on. No, he's like, here's, and when I, see, when I see the plow, I always think of like, even like a lawnmower, right? Because it's not a plow that is by the hands of man. It's a plow that goes, but you go with it. But a lawnmower has a mower, right? It has an engine that goes, that you push it, but it's also going, it also has, the, has an engine to help it go. It's not all your strength, right? So there's lean on on him with all your heart, mind, and strength. Love God with all your heart, mind, strength, and soul. So there's a sense where our own strength comes into getting into him and getting in the spirit and, and pushing our plow with him 
And then he does the rest. Not a strength where it's like, okay, God, I got this. And I try to do it. No, that's when I fall. That's when I'm like Peter who decided to... See, people see Peter in all different types of ways because of that event that happened to him. And because he denied the Lord three times. But see, I didn't see that as like, oh my God, he just denied the Lord. It says, do not deny before man or he will deny you before your father. Peter's not going to make it. Oh my. No. It was like, no, Peter, you're on your, you're leaning on your own strength. You're trying, I have, I have to show you before I give you my spirit. I want you, I want to show you that you need my spirit. He didn't, he didn't even have the baptism of the Holy Spirit yet. So he was showing him his need for God. That's why he even said to him specifically, he could have said it to anybody else, Peter, upon this rock, I will build my church. He was even saying prophetically to him, Peter, it's going to be by me that you're going to be able to do all this. All the works that you're called, it's going to be upon this rock. He wasn't saying no Catholic thing. Peter is the rock. Now, in a sense, Peter may be becoming a rock because as we become one with the rock, we start to become a rock. But it was saying upon this rock, the chief cornerstone. Because if, if he was saying Peter was the rock, then we might as well have it written. Uh, everybody must stand on the chief cornerstone, Jesus, and the other cornerstone, Peter. No, that, we're not, that's not what it's. But he was saying me, Peter, specifically because he was always the one that like, I'm going to defend Jesus. I'm going to be the one that, that's strong for Jesus. I'm going to be the one. But see, God loves that confidence, but he hates it at the same time. He loves our heart with zeal, but he hates when we take up our own strength because he knows that we're weak without his strength. So there's that too. But then there's the part where in, when we're in the spirit, there is that choice we have. We need to put our hand to the plow. We need to do the word or else we're deceiving our own selves. Oh, and this is the dream that I never got to. In the dream, I was broken down. I was in a broken down kingdom looking castle type thing. Out, and out in the skies above was this demon that dominated the sky. The purple light was coming from it, hovered over the sky. The demon was a principality over the air. And in the dream, I was trying to command the demon. And this is like two, three years ago. Like, yeah, like three years ago. And God was trying to show me like, because I was, it's like in the beginning, it was like I was always by my own strength, like very zealous, but without knowledge and without his doing things without his spirit. And God, and even, what did he say to the, even the ones? And I have that scripture too. And he said to the ones that, the sons of Sceva, he said, or, or the other ones, he said, leave, or no, not the sons of Sceva, the other ones with Jesus, not the ones with Paul, where they said, Paul, I know, but the other ones that were, they were saying, they were trying to cast out the demons, right, in his name, but they didn't have his spirit, and Jesus was like, leave them alone, because they're, if they're for me, they're not against me. So even though they might be doing things in their own strength, maybe I'm going to work on them and win them and bring them to the spirit. I'm going to bring them to the power that casts demons out by the finger of God. They just need to learn. They're zealous. They know it works. They believe. Now they just need me. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believe? That's what he asked one, two believers that said, Paul, we received the word. Okay, did you receive a spirit? So there's, but in this instance, that's what, that's what it's like with this, with this dream that's, that I'm going with. And in the dream, I was trying to command the demon to come down saying, all the sayings I know, saying, so there was a demon up there and I was in this broken down castle and you can even call it like man's kingdom and maybe God's trying to say, like I was trying to say at the time, like you're trying to do things, you're thinking it's my kingdom, but you're really trying to work in your own kingdom. And it was this purple principality and I remember the eyes, I just knew it was a principality. And I said in the dream, in the name of Jesus, I command you to come down now. I have authority over you, loose. 
And I, but I was like trying to do it. I was trying to remember. I knew in the dream that I was trying to remember everything I knew to say, like the right words. I was trying to say the right thing at the right time. Okay, what, how, how did this person catch? Okay, let me say that. That's what I was doing in the dream. The purple from the demon represented the supremacy or royalty that it had over the region. Then I woke up and God said, your verbiage won't take down the demons, but what's inside of you will. See, we talk a lot about what's inside of us, but not many of us are activating what's inside of us. Many of us are talking about it and waiting for it to happen, but we're waiting for a reed shaking in the wind. We're waiting for something to come down, but he says it's already in you. Now you need to find it and you need to, f the kingdom of God is within. Do not look right or left. Do not look to your own, even right hand or left hand. Look within. Many of us have the answers inside of us in every situation. He says, when you're in the midst of temptation, I will make a way. But we have no way. We don't find the way because he's the way, the truth, and the life. So we, when we don't find him in our temptation, we don't find the way. Maybe the way the, to escape the temptation is to get in him because he's the way. Not maybe a specific way. Maybe he was saying that you need to come to me in that time of temptation and stop and not try to fight it on your own. What did Jesus use when he was in, in the wilderness? When all the, the devil came with temptation. Did he say, go away from me, saying? Did he say, oh, get away from me? No, he used the word of God that was in him, what was written about him. But it wasn't just the word. It was, it was the power that was on the word. See, we cannot think that we can just say things or, or, or if I just think in my mind, if I'm strong enough to believe, No. We talk about identity, but who's trying to walk in there? We talk about the new man in Christ Jesus, but who's really, who's taking that new man up? It says, it says, take up this new man. So there's an action right there to do. There's something that we do have to do. We think it's all, he'll just take me and I'm waiting for him to take me. No. In that moment when thoughts are coming to your mind and things are coming to your mind, there's fiery arrows. We preached words on casting down your imaginations and stuff. Do you do it? Do you put your hand to the plow? Then you wonder, why is this happening? Why? The word. It says, cast down your imaginations. You have an imagination? Cast it down. If you have a soul tie with your family, what does the word say? Forsake all. Leave father, mother, and brother, sister for me. It's all in the word. But we decide not to do it because we want it to be something that God rips out of us. But he said, I gave you the plow. What is the plow supposed to do? It's supposed to rip up the ground. So you have to push the plow to actually get the hard ground out of yourself. I'm not going to get the hard ground. I can break the hammer and maybe break it for a day. But tomorrow when you go home, what does ground do after a while when you're in a drought, right? No rain, the hard starts to get, ground, just get hard again. And when there's no pour, outpouring of the spirit, we're supposed to be tilling our ground until he shows up. We're supposed to, what is the farmer supposed to do? He's supposed to be keeping the ground soft so that when the rain comes, the rain comes and then the seed gets touched by the water, and then the seed starts to grow. But for some of us, we get the seed and say, all right, I'll wait for it. But will, you find, will he find you doing when he comes? I believe even he's coming to some of us right now. He's trying to find us doing, but we're not doing anything. Even in the spirit, because Jesus is in spirit right now, right? He's, he is the Holy Spirit. He is there all one. So when, when Jesus comes to us, and even Jesus came to the seven churches, and he wrote in Revelation, so... He didn't come down. It was by his spirit. He was speaking to John, to that, those seven churches. And now he's speaking by his spirit, the same person. So Christ in spirit, we received the spirit of Christ, the Holy Spirit. So Christ is here now. 
showing up, looking for us. Who has the ground that is not hard? Who ha- what ground? That's what God told me to ask you guys today, too. And then we're going to get to that, to that uh, passage, too, about the ground. Some fell by... Some seeds fell by the hard ground. Some seeds fell by the thorny ground. Some seeds by this ground. See, you, you may not be able to time when God's going to move. You have to be in that wind tunnel. God even showed me that there's a wind, you need to be ready for him. But who, he even said, will, I even read the scripture this morning, will I find you watching and waiting when the master comes? Will I find you knocking that when I knock that you will open the door immediately? I just saw that for the first time, that one Will, will, when I find you knocking, will you open the door immediately? Some of you, the, he's knocking at the door and nobody's answering because you're not there. <laughs> you're, he's knocking on the door because you're not watching and waiting. What did he say when, in the time of temptation when he was praying? Why are you sleeping? You should be watching and waiting three times. That's what we need to be doing, watching, not just for that day, but if we're waiting for him in spirit all the time, we'll be, we'll be ready for him in the flesh when he really comes but he's coming right now. See, if you're missing his coming right now, you might miss his coming then. Some of us are catching the Holy Spirit and some of us are catching another spirit. But we need to be in the spirit. Some of us are being found in the flesh and some of us are being found in our own little world and our own little imagination, own little uh, contemplations, always trying to have a vision of how I want my life to be. And God says you're in a mirage. Trying to plan out your day, put your ducks in a row. Some of us are so busy putting our ducks in a row and there's nothing wrong with getting your stuff together. But when you're doing it without him, he comes in and says, hey, I got, I got the rows for you to put your ducks in a row and he's knocking on the door and you're still focused on not trying to do that. But he says, I'm here, hello. And nobody opens the door for him to get it together for them. Seek my kingdom and all its righteousness. We hear that word too. Seek my kingdom and all its righteousness and everything will be added onto you. Do you really believe that? Because if you did, you would stop focusing on your problems all the time. You would stop focusing on your lack. You would stop focusing on this job and that job and this place and that place and this person and that person. And you would actually give your all to the kingdom and then he, you would actually see all that. See, we're not made to care about our life anymore. He's supposed to care for it. He said, take not to let care not uh, uh Cast your cares upon me, for even, and even tomorrow has its own cares and worries. When we try, to, we try to always worry about tomorrow, try to always figure it out. But God says, you need to worry about me right now. You need to give up your worries for my worries. What worries me is what should be worrying you, and what you're worried about, I'll take care of it. We're supposed to leave things at his feet, and he leaves things at our feet to do and to, and to take care of. We're so busy taking care care of our own house that we're not taking care of God's house, but God's house is supposed to be the the highest place. The kingdom comes first. We give them our first fruits of our life. See, there's the first fruits of the morning. We talked about that first fruits thing. But even the first fruits of what we're living for, the kingdom, taking care of his his things. And then I'm telling you, when you start to live by that, when you start to put your hand to the plow with that, then you actually start to see him show up and give you the wisdom, give you the guidance to do what you need to do. Some of you have no understanding and wisdom and guidance because you're not taking care of his house, and that's the deal. This is called the, God told me this is called the great exchange. You exchange all of your life. He'll exchange his life. Why wouldn't you want his life? His life is way better than mine. 
His life is way better than yours. His life is way more powerful than yours. His life is way more saturated than your life is. His life is more joyful and peaceful and righteous than yours. So why would you want to hold on to your filthy rags and your, your worldly peace when he wants to give you greater than what you already have? See, we're so, we're so scared of dying, but really dying is so much better because we get to live his life. And his life is, he's God. He's above every principality and power. He's above sickness. He's above death. He's above, we can live on heaven and earth right now if we die. So really, we should be excited to die. And God showed me that a lot of us hate the word death. I'm talking about on YouTube as well. Some of us hate the word death, dying, pain, suffering. We need to start changing our opinion about that. Because as we hate that, and we don't start to receive, because honestly, messages about dying the self and all that, that's the most valuable message we can get in this time. Because if we're not dead now, we're going to be dead then when they come. I'm not talking about in the flesh. We're all going to die. I'm talking about the devil is going to try to get us in his den. And I even had a dream last night, even to include this in Corinthians 5, 5, about people being turned over to Satan for the destruction of their flesh, that their spirit might be saved in the last day. I've always thought about that as being turned over to, the, to Satan and still living, but maybe God has to allow the enemy just to beat them up and, and so that they would repent. But God also showed me he's actually going to have to take some people, let some people be taken out by the devil, literally, so that because if, if they do keep going on, they won't even be able to be saved because they're going to keep going deeper and deeper into what they're doing and God has to save them now or else they won't be saved later. Some people are going to be martyred in the last day because they can't, they're going to give in if he, if he doesn't, if he doesn't, and that's grace. But honestly, I really don't want to have to go that route. You don't want to have to go that route where God has to take you out just to save you. I want to be able to fulfill my destiny. If, and we have to get rid of this mindset too where we're just like, we, I just want to make it. I don't just want to make it. I want to be a faithful, I want to be, when he says, when I come to him, he says, well done, good and faithful servant. Not, all right, well, you made it, you had, you did this, you did that, but you know what, my blood, I don't want to, have, no. I want it to be well done. You did everything that I gave you. You were, you were faithful to the talents that I gave you. Some, some people are going to go to the throne room and they're going to make it great, but all their works are going to be done by, burned with fire and God's going to say, none of this was even me. I don't care if it had my name on it or not. And then others. He'll even say the dreadful, I don't even know you. Depart from me. And I even read that scripture this morning and it says that you who, who, who did not do the will of my father and who, you who always say, Lord, Lord, but, and did not do the will of my father. Before it says, depart from me, I never knew you and all that, you workers of inequity. It says, you did not even do my will. You see, they were, they, were, they were acknowledging Jesus. They called him Lord, Lord, but they didn't do what God had for them. And they didn't do what the word had for them either. They did what they thought the word had for them. They did what they thought God wanted them to do. And they said they will, and it says that they will even kill you in God's name. So that means there's people out there that thinking that are actually persecutors of Christ, like Paul, right? He was even a persecutor of Christ, thinking that he was doing God a service, but he was actually persecuting Jesus because Jesus said to him, he didn't say, why are you persecuting my body? He said, why are you persecuting me? 
because my body is me on this earth. They are the body of Christ. But really, if I was here too, you would kill me, Paul, too. Because you would think you're doing God a service. People are going to be going to heaven thinking that they were doing God a service all this, this time. But they were doing their own service, not, not, not even touching the reasonable, good and well and, and perfect service that God has for us. See, that's why we, to be able to obey him, we need to know him. We need to know what he has for us. We need to know what he's saying. That he, see, what's, what's already in, written in the word, you cannot know what he's the heart of, that, of the context of the word unless you know him. Because only he can explain himself of what he was speaking in that word. James 1, 22-27. But be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. You're deceiving your own self. When you hear this word, even right now, today, when you're hearing this word and then you don't go tomorrow and go after this and do the word. And you're thinking you're in the right place and you're doing the right thing, but God says you're worse than that. You're worse than somebody that have never even come under the word because you knew what to do and didn't do it still. And I got a scripture on that. I'm going to go right after, to right after this, but some of us are, know what, that's, that's, see, out there, they don't even know what they're even doing. They don't even know what's right or wrong. There's going to be more grace for some religious people than even you. And we talk about not wanting to be religious. We talk about not wanting to be that church that it says that you had a reputation that you were alive, but you are dead. That's worse than not even being alive at all. Because why? It says, I wish you were, you were not, no longer lukewarm or hot, or, or you, were, you were cold nor hot, but you, but you are lukewarm. And because of that, I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. He said, I wish, you were, I wish you would rather be cold than be lukewarm. Because you have my flame amongst you. You have my spirit amongst you. You have my word. I've given you everything for life and godliness, but you still have no life and godliness. Although I've written on the pages. I've wrote it in your hearts. I've given you dreams and visions, but you still do not have the manifestation. You still do not have the work of it. You still do not have the evidence of it. And then he will even say to some, depart from me because of even that reason. For if any of you be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he, he was. See, because the word is now, we talk about a new identity in Christ, we're a new creation now, we're this who we're called to be, blah, 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 blah. Well, that's the word. The, new, the image of, the image is now, is now the image of the word. So when we're looking at the word, we're looking at what our desires actually look like. Every time we hear a statue or a commandment or this or that, even in the Old Testament, what God hates, what God loves, this is now what you're supposed to hate and what you're supposed to love. How God thinks about a situation, this is now how you're supposed to think about a situation. How God feels about a situation, that's how now you are, this is your inheritance. His mind, heart, and soul is now supposed to become one with His, is now supposed to become like His. We're supposed to, we're, we're called to feel how He feels, and some of us don't even, are struggling with our own feelings still. This is our, this is our inheritance, this is our inheritance to look, to look at those pages and see myself in those pages. And see the life that I'm now living in those pages.
But whoso looketh into the perfect law, see, and then the law of liberty, continue therein. He being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. We're for, many, many of us hear a word and then we let it wither away by the wayside. If I don't get a word that I, if I hear a word that I can't grasp, I don't let it get away from me. Because I want it to, I want it to start to bear root in me. Or some of us are hearing hard rebukes and, and hearing rhema words from God. I'm talking about everywhere. Some people are hearing, getting dreams, telling them, hey, you need to stop this or you're going to be done. Some of us are hearing, and, and it's like we even let that word wither away just to see just. But he, then he'll tell you two years later, three years later, I warned you. I told you, get this right. Get this done. But whosoever looketh to the perfect law, let's skip that, being a doer of the world, but this man shall be blessed in his deed. Are you blessed because you heard it? Are you blessed because you took it in? Are you blessed even because you just understood it? No, you're blessed when you do it, when you manifest it, when you become it, when you are it. God's not looking for people that are just going to sit here and listen and say, yes, amen. He's looking for people that become the yes and amen that they said. So that way he can look and say, this is my well son in whom I am well pleased. He wasn't just looking at, he was, because he was looking at the word. Because, the, because Jesus became the, a, a smaller version of him, like the word now, becoming God, in the, like the image of God in the flesh. This is my son, this is the little me. When you have a kid, it's like the little you, right? And when God looked at his son, Jesus, he said, this is the little me. He has my mind. He has my heart. He has my image. Everything that I would do, he does. And everything I say, he would say. That's what he wants to look at us and say, this is my son, I'm well pleased. Not just that you're, yeah, okay, we need to know we're adopted. We need to know that we're now sons of God. But now he wants to look at us and say, this is my son because he's just like me. It's not going to take works of the flesh, but it is going to take Getting in the spirit and laboring with him and, and, not, and not resisting him. Many have re resisted him onto bloodshed. Many, like it says to the Hebrews, right? You've resisted onto, but we need to no longer be resistors. We need to be, we need to receive his word. We, we need to fellowship with him. That we, he would no longer say, that he would not say, see, he's saying, I never knew you because he doesn't know people. He doesn't know people that are not like him. He rejects people that are not like him. So when he says, I, I never knew you, he's saying, you don't even look like me. You're not even like me. You're not even the image of me. You did things of me, but you didn't know me so that you could become like me because we're knowing him. We're knowing him so that we can become like him. We're not knowing him just to know him. We're knowing him because he's forming us back to what we were originally created to be like Adam and Eve were until they fell. And that's when we start to walk in that authority, when we're like him. Demons start to tremble when we're like him. We need to become the projection of what's in these pages. That's what Jesus was, and that's what we're called to be like. If we want to be like Jesus, we need to become the Word made flesh. 2 Timothy 3. Oh, wait, go back to that, James, actually. Verse 26, If any man among you seem to be religious, 
See, it seemed to be religious. They seemed to be a form of godliness, but they deny the power. It says even get away from those people that talk all the talk and they have a form of godliness and even try to act right, but they have no power. Or they talk about awakening and all this stuff, but they are not awakened. They are dead. He says, get away from even those people. Get away from that church that says they have a, a record that they're alive, but they're dead. If any man among you seem to be religious and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is in vain. Pure religion is undefiled before God, and, and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and the widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. I don't want to talk about being unspotted and being dead, but I'm still alive. We need to have dead men and dead women preaching on the streets and preaching up here and, and praying and doing all these things. The only way to live is to die. We need to be dead ministers. That way he can be alive to, and they can see him and not you. I don't want people to see me because then they're going to be like, oh, that guy was so awesome, blah, 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 blah. But then they go home back in their vomit. I want them to see Jesus. That way they can go seek Jesus for themselves and become like him. What shows that your ministry is awesome is not how much people that show up and how many people say yes and amen and, and shout in the chairs. It's how many people start to become what you're preaching. It's how many people actually start to activate the kingdom of God. It's not about how many people like you. It's about transformation. It's about change. If nobody's changing, everything is staying the same. And we're not called to stay the same. We're called, it doesn't matter if we reach a level of glory. It doesn't matter if we reach a level of faith. We're supposed to go from glory to glory, from faith to faith. If we start relying on yesterday's glory, we'll never get to tomorrow's glory. And then that glory will start to cease from us. Because he's not going to stay where he's already moved on from. Some of us are where God was three years ago, but he's moved on. He's in another place now. He's the wheel inside the wheel. We're the wheel inside the wheel. He's the wheel. He's always turning. But if the wheel comes off the wheel then that's why the chariot is over there and we're here. Because he's, he's moved on to greater levels of glory. Some of us get to such a high place and then we're like, all right, this is it for me. No, he wants more. He wants more and more and more. Like the parable of the talents. I don't have that one, but the parable of the talents is perfect because it was always, you've been given, now you give it. You put it in the ground and you see... Then you, you reap. Then you put it back in the ground. Then you reap. That's how the word is supposed to be in us. We're supposed to sow, let the word be sown in our heart. Then we reap the benefits of it. Then we go back and let the word be sown again. And we keep letting it reap and reap and reap until he comes back. Will I find you doing? Will I find you sowing and reaping until, not talking about just about tithing. And all, I'm talking about sowing and reaping of his word in your heart and, and, and becoming, becoming, becoming. We're always should be becoming into the full stature of Christ. That's what we're here for. That's why we do this right now. That's why God didn't just take us out when we got saved, because he wants us to, to come to the full unity of the faith and the stature of Christ. That's what the apostles and prophets are for. So when people say there's no apostles and prophets, they're liars because nobody's walking like Christ and that's what they're necessary for. To Timothy 3. This know also that in the days of perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, without natural affection, truth breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those who are good, traitors, heedy, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, 
having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. From such turn away, for of this sort are they which creep in the house of silly woman, lady with sins. And here's the key, ever learning, always learning about the word, always hearing the word, but never coming to the knowledge of the truth. Always hearing what is being said on Sunday, Wednesday, Friday, or whatever day that you worship, but never letting the word manifest in your heart or become Christ in you. Taking the seed, some of us are, are taking the seed and spitting it out, but we need to take, let the seed come into our belly and start to birth the rivers, that come, rivers, rivers of living water that come out of our belly. Or we don't like the word, so we spit it out, or we, yeah, all right. Some of us are wrestling with it. Some of us put the word in our mouth like meat and we're like, we spit it out. We're like, okay, I can't do this. Okay, well then you're not going to see, you know, like a, a bodybuilder, he has to eat the meat. He has to eat all the stuff he needs for his bones for, so that he can become big or whatever the case may be. And then what does he need to do? Some of us are so fat on the word and we've gotten so much word and we've eaten so much but we're not fit for the kingdom because we're not working out that we're like a, like a bodybuilder. He needs to eat, but if he doesn't work out, if he doesn't put that, put that what he ate to work, he's going to be fat. But how does he get fit? He eats all that stuff. And you see bodybuilders, they go into the supermarket and they're getting oh, pff, the whole meat rack and getting all the bread that they can get. And it's all gone. But, and then, but, you don't, but how come they're not fat? Because they're working it out. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. We need to work out the word in us. We need to start putting our hands to the plow in us or else we are not fit for the kingdom. Now as Janus and Jarmus was said, Moses, so does also these resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith, but they shall proceed no further, for their folly shall be manifest. Matthew 13. The same day went Jesus out of his house and sat by the seaside and great multitudes were gathered together unto him so that he went into the ship and sat. A whole multitude stood on the shore and he spake many things saying, Behold, and God told me to ask each and every one of you, answer this to him, which ground are you? Or don't, maybe don't answer what ground you've been, but answer what ground are you going to be? Because if you don't become the good ground, the good ground... It's good for nothing. It's, it, cannot, it does not sprout up plants, flowers. It does not sprout up food to eat. Some of us, the lost, are coming to our ground, and it's like a desert. And they're like looking for, oh, I, I heard there's some Garden of Eden over here. And all I see is dry little dirt plates on the ground. You know how like when the dirt gets, it's so dry that it even starts to break up? It's like little dirt plates. And they're coming to you, and it's like, Nothing's there. What's, what do you mean? I think it's just a rumor. I think it's just a form of godliness. I think it's just a reputation. But nothing's alive. They want to come. And some of us is, are alive, but then people come later and then everything is dead now. Saying, behold, a sower went forth to sow. And when he sowed, and who's the sower? He's the sower. He's sowing into our heart. He sowed himself that he can make more of himself. Now we are him. Now we are the body of Christ. We are one with him. Saying, Behold, the sower went forth to sow, and when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. 
Some fell by the stony places, and when they had not much earth, forthwith they sprung up because they had no deepness of earth. And when, and be honest with yourself. What, what, maybe you are the one with the thorns and the thistles. Maybe you are the one, you know, that's by the wayside, but then the devil comes and gets it back up. If we don't let the devil, if we don't let the seeds go deep in us, the devil comes and just snatches it. And you don't even have that word to be accessible in time of need when you are going through trials. Because the word is a light onto our feet. It's going to light our way. When it, in the times of darkness is when the word, you want the word to be manifest in you because it, you will overcome it with the word. And you, why, why, some people are trying to, we're trying to go to war with the enemy, but when you're going to war, you don't just go, like if you're a little skinny guy and you, you could see your, uh, your, your ribs, you need to bulk up, man. You're about to go to war and fight and you look like that. You need, to, you need to start eating, right? But when you bulk up and you're strong to swing that sword and have that shield and, and beat the enemy, but you're not going to be able to beat the enemy when you're skin and bones. You're going to be able to be strong because all that, that protein that you've been eating, all that stuff you've been eating has now made you strong and physically, but now it's, we're in the spirit, right? So that moment when we're going to battle with the enemy and the word is strong in us, we're able to just we're able to easily overcome because the word has been filling us and has been making us strong in the spirit. But some of us are going to battle with the enemy and we're like, look like a sickly. Like, all right, it's time to battle this battle. 30 years going on. But that's why some are without strength. That's why some are growing weary and well-doing because, and well-doing, right? Because... Some are, some are growing weary because maybe the times and they're looking at everything and they're like, uh, uh. But some are growing weary because they don't have the word that makes them strong in them. They're not, it's not manifest in them. They've heard many words, but they're not becoming the word. And the sun was up and they were scorched. They had no deepness, because they had no deepness of earth, they didn't go down deep. So even the sun still penetrated and scorch the seed. If the word does not go deep in you, if there's no understanding, or if it goes in your ears and goes out the other ears, or if it's supposed to go in our ears and into our heart. And when it goes into our heart, it grows, right? And then it goes into our spirit and edifies our spirit. But some of us are spitting it out. Some of us are letting it, letting the enemy take it. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them out. But others fell into good ground and brought forth, forth fruit, some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. Who hath ears, let him hear. Even after all that, he's saying the ones that hear the word, he said, if you have ears, let him hear. Are you hearing me right now? Because if you're not hearing me right now, you might be one of these grounds that I'm saying. I I believe even Jesus was talking to them because then watch watch this. And the disciples came and said unto him, Why speakest thou unto them in parables? Why are you speaking like that to them, Jesus? And you speak to us pretty straight. He answered and said, Because it is is given unto you to know the mysteries. So they were the hearers. They were the good ground. That's why they were able to follow Jesus. But to them it is not given. For whatsoever hath to him shall be given, and he shall have more abundance. But whosoever hath not for him shall be taken away, even that he hath. Therefore I speak unto them in parables, because they seeing see not, and hearing they hear not, neither do they understand. 
maybe he, there was even an illustration of the grounds right there. The disciples were like the good ground, and there was probably different people in the crowd, some that had the cares of this life, some that, that and even the some that withered away when persecution comes. They get glad at the word, but what, what did it say in the Bible? It said that some didn't even follow Jesus because they feared the Jews. So they probably liked what Jesus was saying, but because of fear of man, because of persecution and trials that they would have to go through and suffering, because of who they would believe in, they withered away. Even when people were, that was even like a prophetic word right then and there that was going to happen. You guys are going are gonna to survive and others are going to tear you off. Some are going to hear me, are going to tear you off. Some are, are, have hard hearts so they can't receive. Some has the cares of this life. Nineteen, let's go to nineteen. When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understand it not, then cometh the wicked one and catcheth away that which was sown into in his heart. This is he which received the seed by the wayside. But he that received the seed into stony places, the same as he that heareth the word and anon with joy receiveth. Yet he hath no root in himself, but dureth for a while. He endures for a while. But when tribulation or persecution arise because of the word, by and by he is offended. So they had the word. They received it. They weren't resisting. But because they did not let the word take root, because they didn't, sometimes you're, God is called to plant and sometimes you're called to water. Like it says, I, I planted, Paul said, I planted and Apollos water. Sometimes God wants you to water. Sometimes God wants you to get in the spirit. That way he can take that word and start to grow it. We can't grow the word on our own, but I'm talking about when we get in, when we get in him, we start to, he starts to marinate on the word. He starts to give you more. He starts to help you see. See, the seven spirits of God are called to help us see, help us understand, help us have counsel. But because we don't tarry around the seven, we're supposed to, we're, called, we're not called to tarry in our own stuff, but we're called to tarry around the seven lampstands. We're called to labor around the seven lampstands, laboring not as in the, how the world labors, but laboring as in not figuring out on myself and laboring to stay there and wait and, and seek it until I find it. It's like the woman, right? The kingdom of God is like the woman that lo loses the coin and then she moves everything and try, trying to go get it, trying to seek it. That's what he wants us to do. This is he which received the word by the wayside. 21, yet he hath no root himself, but dearth for a while, for when tribulation persecution arise, he's offended. He also that receives seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word and the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke out the word and he becomes unfruitful. See the cares of your life, this life, it doesn't even matter if it's good cares, like cares that you do need to care about. Jobs, money, I need to provide for my family, I need to do this, that, and the third. But when that's first and that's above and that's all that's on your mind, then all those things, they choke out the word. That's why you can't even hear anymore because your mind is so focused on my needs, my necessities, my wants, my desires. And, and like I said, and I want to say it again, some of them are, are needs, th things you do need. But the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not need because he will, he supplies my needs according to his riches and glory, riches and glory. So if he's supposed to supply me according to my riches and glory, then I'm looking to myself, which is a broken sister, which is a broken sister and a sister that will never fulfill, never deliver, or maybe even deliver a little bit, but never satisfy. See, the broken cisterns, they get you to a certain point, but it's, there's no satisfaction. There's no fullness. 
When he fills us, it's, there's a fullness. It's satisfying. He satisfies my soul. He lays me down in green pastures. I'm not in green pastures because I'm trying to make my own pasture. But he that receiveth seed into the ground, the good ground is he that heareth the word, understandeth it, which also beareth fruit, bringing forth some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He that beareth fruit. I know that you've been hearing the word. I know that you've been putting your hands to the plow because you're bearing the fruit. Because the, the, the kingdom of God is erupting out of you. The, the, the fruits of the Spirit are on you. We hear all about love. We hear about this message. We hear about that message. But we never put love to the plow. We never put overcoming to the plow. We're always waiting for God to do it. But he says, I gave you the power to do it. So do it. And that drives some people crazy. What do you mean just do it? You've been told what to do. You've been told how to do it. I've given you my spirit that makes you able to do it. So how can you not do it? But because you want it to be done in your way, you want it to be handed over to you on a silver platter, even if you think about it, it has been handed over to you on a silver platter, but you can't bring a horse to a water and make it drink. The whole, it's like you're at the water. You have a mouth. Drink. You're at the table. You're at the banquet. I gave you a fork and knife too. I didn't even need to give you that. I didn't know you need to go to Cumberland Farms or someplace by here and get a plastic fork and knife. No, I gave you, a, I gave you all the silver and gold that is necessary to be able to take hold of this. Matthew 33 through 37. Let's just jump down to 35. For by, nor by earth for it is his footstool, neither shall thou swear by the head, because thou cannot make one hair white or black. But let your communi communication be yea, yea, or nay, nay, for whatsoever is more than these cometh of evil. And obviously, you would know, you would think that mess that scripture is even talking about, you know, doing things when you're supposed to be doing things, doing things when you say you're going to do it, or wh when you're going to do it. But God also started showing me, too, that let your yea be yea. You say yes and amen to me, but then you don't do it. You come in agreement with me with your mouth, but your heart is far from me. You're, you're, you, come, you, you worship me with your lips, but your heart is far from me. You said, oh, that's good. That's, that's a great word. Oh, blah, blah, blah. And then it even talks about that parable about the two that go out in the field and the one that says he'll do it and doesn't do it, but the, and the one that says he doesn't want to do it and he does it. And we got some of those too that they don't like it, but they do it. I don't care if you say yes and amen. I don't care if you say, oh, that's awesome. I just care if you're doing it. And if, and if you, have, you struggle with it, if you're wrestling with it, if you're still eating it, but you do it, that's what matters more. I don't care if you're in shock and awe. I care tomorrow when I see it in you, when I see it manifesting out of you. That's all that matters. The fruit bearing... Everybody has a season, and in your season, when it's time for the fruit to grow, when spring comes around and the sun's out, and the showers and all that, and after the showers have passed, but there's no fruit, where have you been? How come some people have, are, are, it's their time to bear, to bear fruit and show, and, and God's looking to exalt them or glorify them or glorify himself in them, but there's nothing there, so he can't do it. 
There's nothing inside them. They haven't been eating the word. They haven't been tasting and seeing. They haven't been taking it in. And some only have so much. When it's time to deliver, when push comes to shove, when it's time to show what's inside of you. We're coming to times where it's going to be time to show what's inside of you because the lost are going to be coming. The, the, those that are brokenhearted, those that have been on drugs, it's going to come time for you to deliver them, to heal them, to, save, to, to help them come to the Savior. But some are not even going to be, have been sitting in the church for so long, they're not even going to be able to do that because they haven't been bearing any fruit. They haven't been, they haven't been abiding in the vine. Or the persecution that's coming, all the things that are coming on the earth right now. If you can't endure that, that shows where you've, what you've been eating or if you have been eating or not. Or if you have been putting your hand to the plow. It Acts 19, 13 through 17. Then a certain of the vagabond Jews, exorcists, took upon them to call over them which had evil spirits in the name of the Lord Jesus, saying, We adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preacheth. And they were... Seven sons of Sceva, or it was the sons of Sceva, a Jew and chief of the priests, which did so, and evil spirits answered and said, Jesus, I know, Paul, I know, but be who are you? And the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them, overcame them, and prevailed against them, so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. And this was known to all the Jews and Greeks, also dwelling at Ephesus, and fear fell on them, and the name of, in the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. People that are just trying to imitate what they see. People seeing, going on YouTube and they see a guy who does things on the street and they try to imitate it. I, I tell you right now, it may not even be out there, but I believe people are going and trying to do stuff like that without the Lord, without even knowing the Lord because they see somebody else doing it. Or it's like that guy, right? He, he saw them giving the Holy Ghost or whatever and then he wanted to buy the Holy Ghost without actually receiving the Holy Ghost, he wanted to buy the power what, because he probably wanted to be seen. He probably wanted to be about him because he was a high guru in the town and everybody flocked to him. But then here came Paul and the other guy and then they were, everybody was flocking to them to receive the Holy Ghost and it was, he was jealous for that attention. And then people see different people moving in power. See, we're supposed to get excited over the power because we want God, not because we want attention. Some people, they're excited to, to receive what they see because they want it for their own pleasures and they want it in vain. But they don't want it because they, want, they, don't, they, they don't want it because they see that this thing is the real deal and, and this is proving to me that God's real. They want it because it's all about me. Oh, I get to be a big minister if I get that power. Oh, if I get that power, everybody's going to love me. Or demons, oh, demons are going to even say my, bow down to my name. No. That's your lust. It said, covet these, it, said, it talked about coveting the spiritual gifts. It didn't say, covet them in lust. You, re, you ask and you don't receive because you ask it amiss in your lust. Some of us are asking for spiritual gifts. Some of us are asking to move in the power that we see, but we're asking it amiss because it's all about our promotion and ministry and how we want to look. But we need to receive it because this is who we are and this is who we're supposed to be. That's, if, it, if, if the power is not centered in the truth, then that power is all in vain. And these guys, they're seeing Paul operating in mighty power and demons beat them up. 
because they didn't have the power and authority. They were just trying to imitate it without becoming one with it. They were trying to become one with it in the fleshly motions. Like, okay, if I say this, this is how it's going to be. If I, if I put my body like this and I point, let me point on its belly because that's where I think it is. Just like that guy did, right? But that guy was imitating his father. Jesus said, whatever I do, I, I only do it unless I see my father doing it. I only speak what I hear my father speaking. But then these people are trying to speak what somebody else is speaking or do what the, somebody else is doing to try to imitate it, but they're not imitating the father. They're imitating an image of the father, but they're not imitating the word so they can't become that image. See, the devils are not afraid of if you can say in the name of Jesus and use his name. They're afraid of if you are actually what you are coming from. If you are the manifestation of what you say that you're from. When I say in the name of Jesus and demons come out of the, by the finger of God, it's because I am what I, I, I come from that name. I'm not, and I have that name. Not just because I speak that name, but because that name is now mine, Christ on this earth. That's, why, that's what the demons see. They, see. they see his shadow on you. When they see the shadow of the Almighty, they run. The shadows run from the shadow. They don't run because you say, I'm going to... No, we take our authority because we have authority, but we don't take authority that we don't have. But some people are trying to take authority not from the one who has authority, but they're trying to take authority to try to imitate those who have authority. You need to go to him to get that authority. You need to go to him to get that power. Just like that dream, right? Trying to... If I just say, just like the, I see the guys on YouTube are here, if in the name of Jesus, no. It needs to be, he needs to be in you. They're afraid of him. They're not afraid of you, but they are afraid of you in him. They are afraid of you, of what you're capable of doing when you walk in the spirit. That's what they're afraid of. They're not afraid of somebody who's copying someone. See, we, need, we, we think we're just, if we're just a part of something that's godly or we're just a part of something that it looks like it's the book of Acts or we're a part of something that is really of the kingdom that will manifest the same works. But you can't just partner with what you're seeing and try to, okay, let me be like, oh, he's doing that. All right, let me do that. No, you need to become one, one with what's inside of that, what's, being, what's inside of us, what's inside of what God has given fivefold ministers and doing it. That's what this message is. When push comes to shove, are you doing it? When it comes the time to do it, are, are you imitating it? There's a difference between imitating and doing it. Because we're supposed to be doing the principles, not imitating the manifestation of the principles of God, of the, of the Word. The principles of the Word is what we live by, and then the image is just natural. Obadiah 1, 1 through 18. Vision of Obadiah, thus saith the Lord God concerning Edom. We have heard a rumor from the Lord, and an ambassador is sent among the heathen. Arise ye, let us rise up against her battle, her in battle. Behold, I had I made thee small among the heathen. Thou art greatly despised. The pride of thine own heart hath deceived you. That thou, listen to this part, that thou dwellest in the clefts of the rock whose habitation is high, he's saying that they're prideful. Those who dwell in the, habit, in the cleft of the rock that saith in his heart, who shall bring me down to this ground? And then God started to show me because the cleft of the rock, the rock is the word, right? And we're supposed to be hidden in the cleft of the rock. 
or Christ is the rock, right? Well, some of us think just because we're in, we, we, we've been born again or we're in Christ, because it says if you've been born in, into him, you are now in him. But what's, what's really setting those people up, setting two people apart, just because everybody's in the kingdom is born again, but then there's the people that are born again and, and have the spirit, but then there's the people that are walking in the spirit. And there's people that think just because they're in the cleft of the rock, they're in this, they have the Holy Spirit, they have the word, they've been around the word, and they, they get so prideful because they just have it, but they're not walking in it, but they're not doing it. Well, I have the Holy Spirit, brother. You don't need to tell me high and lofty. I, I've been around the Word for so many years, brother. I, 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 was in around, I was in a spirit-filled church, and they were preaching all this awesome stuff. But you're not walking in it? Pride. I'm in the cleft of the rock. And then he even goes on to talk about Esau, and what did Esau do? He thought he was entitled to that. He was given that opportunity to take the blessing. So he thought because he was entitled and he thought because it was automatic, he thought, well, I, this, is my, this is God's will for my life, so it's going to happen. He thought it would just be automatic even if he gave up the bowl of soup. And then he came back. I know I gave up the bowl of soup, but can't you bless me still? Wasn't I the chosen one? Yeah, you were the chosen one. But now you're just living like the ones who are called but not chosen because you didn't obey what you were chosen for. Because he had the opportunity right there. It was called to him. He, all he had to do was do it, but he gave it for a bowl of lentils. We cannot think just because we're called. We cannot think just because we have the Holy Spirit. We cannot think just because we've been around the Word and we've received this Word, or we ha even have a track record. If we're, not doing, if we're not doing the will of God, if we're not doing the Word of God, if we're not, or if we stop doing it, then... We're deceiving ourselves. When the time was, when Jacob, when, when Esau had the time, when the time was there, when push came to shove, okay, he's called to have the blessing. He did not take it. When he was supposed to take it, he just thought it was just going to be taken. Well, I'm called to this, so let me sit back. I can just get lackadaisical about it. That's, see, we, we even develop our own spiritual pride because of our calling, because of, but it doesn't matter if what you're called to even doesn't matter how big your calling is doesn't matter if you're called to be a fivefold minister or not if you don't do the word you will wither away like the rest that don't do the word it doesn't matter apostle prophet evangelist teacher or just that's why Stephen is going to is going to be remembered and he wasn't an apostle he was he had so much power and he's going to be remembered more than some people that were called to be apostles prophets and teachers because they never did it they never walked in it they never grabbed a hold of the plow. But even though his plow may see, have seemed strong, he grabbed a hold of it, and, he, and it's, been, it's been written forever. I don't care what your calling is. You need to obey him. That's, that's going to be the sign of, why do you call me Lord, Lord, but do not what I say? Stop calling me Lord, Lord, just do what I say. That love if you, you say you love me, then obey my commandments. My commandments are not just what I was written. It's every time I speak, it's a command. Every time I speak, I'm telling you to do something. Every time I speak, I'm telling you how to do something, where to go. So you need to obey it. And if you, if you don't obey it, then you're, that's, 
It's worse for you. Last scripture, and then we'll get closing. Some of us, we need to, we need to be able to embrace, we need to be crushed. We need to be willing to take the hammer. If you can't, if you, you want the salt of the earth, you want all the good things, but we need to be able to, we need the other side of God. We need the lion to, to rip us to shreds, our flesh to shreds. The lion has teeth in the spirit because the lion is supposed to take our flesh and rip it apart. That way our spirit can live. We have to allow the hammer to, to make us small in our own eyes. See, we're all called, to, we're, he calls us like a wild olive tree. I spoke about this before and, he's, and now he's grafted us in. But when the olives are on the tree too long and you eat an olive that's been old, it, it's either grimy or, or, and, and producing oil, oil or it's hard. And some of us, we had our chance, we're, it's like we need, we, if we don't let, it, let the olives be crushed, if we don't let ourselves be crushed, then things start to get hard. Our heart starts to get hard. Our mind, we even have, start to have a flint head for the devil because God can't get in because you're like Alcatraz. We can't even get in you can't even get the word in you because you're so stiff-necked we get we get so stiff when we don't let when we don't let ourselves be crushed no one wants to be crushed no one wants to be burned by no one wants to go in the fire no one wants to be sifted that they that the devil won't sift them see we need to let allow us our flesh to be sifted from our spirit that way the devil won't sift us out of the church out of the kingdom but we don't want to go through all that stuff we want it to all be easy we want it to we want to be entitled why was Esau entitled? Because he wanted it to be easy. He wanted to be able to have his cake and eat it too. He wanted to be able to have his cup of noodles and the blessing. But if he would have just took the blessing, he could have had all the cup of noodles he wanted. But he decided in that moment, when, when it came to that time, when push came to shove, he decided to take the cup of noodles over the blessing. He decided to provide for himself over the kingdom of God that would have provided for you. Provided to do Go without God when you could have just waited on God and did it in his spirit and it would have been much better. Luke 21, or sorry, 12, 41 through 50. Then Peter said unto him, Lord, speakest thou this parable unto us or even at all or even to all? And the Lord said, who then is that faithful and wise steward whom his Lord shall make ruler over his house to give them the portion of meat in due season? Blessed is that servant whom his Lord when he cometh shall find so doing. Blessed is that servant that when, he, when his master comes, he finds him doing. There's never a season where we're not doing. It doesn't matter what you're doing. Now, I'm not saying do whatever you need, just do. I'm saying doing for him, in him, by him. Doing. Putting your hand to the will of God for your life. Putting your hand to what God has spoken by the word that you know of. See, the, what a man knows, that is what... He's responsible for. Blessed is the servant who his Lord, when he comes to find out so doing, of a truth, 44, of a truth I say unto you that he will make him a ruler over all that he hath. I even see that as kingdom, authority, and dominion. When we're faithful, when we're doing, when we're putting our hand to the plow, that dominion, that kingdom authority starts to come upon us and starts to take over our body and we start to take over regions like was talked about this morning. But if we're not found doing, he cannot trust us with that power and authority. Some of us are waiting for him to do, but he said, I gave you the, what to do. Do it. But 
And if that servant say in his heart, my Lord delayeth his coming and shall begin to beat the, ma- the men's servants and maid- maidens and to eat and drink and to be drunken. Drunken with what? The cares of this life. You know, you don't have to be drunk on, on alcohol to be drunk to God. You don't have to be drunk on fornication and, and TV and stuff. You can be drunk on the cares of this life. So, so worried about what's, what's happening to your fleshly body or your fe- fleshly family or your house or your car. Drunk. The Lord will come in that day and in a day when he looketh not for him and at an hour when he is not aware, he will come at that servant when he doesn't even know he's coming, when he thinks not. Because people try to fool God when they think it's the day. See, we, we're probably thinking, oh, Jesus is coming, let's get ready. But he's saying he's going to come in a day when you don't, my, the servants don't know. Now, the faithful servants will always know when he's, will always be ready because they're always ready. Always ready to be ready. Whether it's in 50 years, we need to be ready now, or whether it's in five years or five minutes, we need to be ready. That's why God, I feel like always with the remnant church has always gave them a sense of urgency to be like, hey, to make it feel like it's the last days in their day. I believe even in those times, and even you can even look at other people, early Christians, they thought it was the last day in their day because God does not want us to go like, oh, we have time, oh, we can do this. He wants us to use the urgency of the hour to complete his work in this hour. That urgency is actually supposed to fuel us to not fall asleep. But we push the urgency because we don't like it. See, we don't like all those things. We don't like urgency. We don't like all these feelings, but they're actually supposed to drive us between the porch and the altar and get us to complete the work. The fear of the Lord, we don't like fear either. Yeah, you shouldn't like fear, but you shouldn't like, you should love the fear of the Lord because it'll keep you on the narrow way. Because we, we love joy and peace all the time that when the fear of the Lord comes, we're like, oh, if I got to do this now, God, I just want to be in joy and peace. But we're supposed to turn our mourning into joy. Our beauty for, beauty for ashes, right? When, you're, when we're in the fire and, and our flesh gets burnt up and all that's left is ashes, he turns it into beauty. But you got to become ashes. You got to become low that he, you could become high. You got to become the least that you can be the greatest. The kingdom is upside down, backwards. You need to endure the crushing that he can make you a finished work. You need to decrease that you... That, he may increase in you. Low that you can go high. I can go, you can go on, on all day with that. But we just, want, we just want to be there now. So we're like, no, I don't want to go through the process of, the, of getting there. I just want to be there now. And we try our everything to be there now. And we're wondering why God's not anointing it. The Lord of that servant will come in that day when he looketh not for him. And at the hour when he is not aware and will cut him in sunder and will appoint him his portion with the unbelievers, with the unbelievers. And that servant which knew, and that servant which knew his Lord's will, knew it. They knew what to do. Because it talks about two people right here. It talks about one that didn't know what to do and received a certain punishment and one that did know what to do that received a more, a more worse punishment. When you know what to do and you don't do it, it's sin. But I'm not, we're not just talking about like, I can't do this, I can't do this, but if I do it, I'm, I'm, I'm sinning now because I know I'm not supposed to do it. No, but when you know you're supposed to even do righteousness. See, he's not here to just convict us of ungodliness. He's co- here to convict us of righteousness, to do. But when we don't put our hands to the plow, even that right there, 
Knowing what we're supposed to do is even sin. And we're really sinning against ourselves because if we don't do the word, then that's why our body is so, that's why the devil can beat our minds up. That's why the devil can come in. That's why he's allowed to steal our, the canker worms allowed to steal our finances. We don't allow our finances to line up with the word, to line up with what he's, what he's saying to do when he tells you to be faithful and put the money here or do this or do that. Well, you thought he was just going to come in just because you're serving him and you feel entitled and he's going to be boom, like make the bank account flourish? No. He has instructions. The, the, the Israelites wouldn't even been saved if they didn't put the blood on their door. They were God's children, but they had to obey what he was saying. Noah was God's child and he loved God, but if he didn't build the boat, he wouldn't have been saved. So the blessing is really in obedience. I have to know him to know what he wants me to do, but then I have to do it. We're just... We, just, we look at that scripture and we say, I know him though. I talk to him. But you resist him. I don't care if you know him. Do you do what he says? Because we look at that scripture, right? Turn away from you workers of inequity for I never knew you. And we're like, but I know him, so it's not a big deal. Yeah, but you're worse than the ones that never knew him because maybe if they never knew him, they could have done what he wanted them to do and they would have been saved. But you know him and you know what he wants you to do, but you still don't do it. You know what he doesn't like, but you still like it, or you still allow yourself to like it. I'm not saying, see, we need the, the Spirit to help us uh, mortify the deeds of the flesh, but some of us still don't bring it to him to get crushed. To go, we don't bring it to the cross. We don't bring it to the altar to get burned up. We just allow it and say, yeah, let me like this for another season. We know what he hates, but we don't hate it. We need to start to begin to hate it. That's why some of us do the things we do, because we don't hate the things we do. When you start to hate it, you won't even do it because God was even showing me like, it's like we, he can give us the power to not do something, but if we like it, we'll still do it. And the power is right there, but, and you'll even feel like your body not wanting to do it, but your will is wanting to do it and you'll just do it anyway. We need to love what he loves and hates what he hates as well. He, he wants all of us, not just some of us and, and a part of us. We want to give him our time, but we don't want to give him our insides. We want to give him everything that we do on the outside, even if we're doing it 24-7, but we don't want to give our heart and our mind. That's what he really wants. Because when our heart and our mind are, are in him, then we start to, everything we do on the outside it starts to just be automatic by the Spirit. But he wants our heart and our mind. He wants us to think like him. He wants us to act like him. He wants us to desire like him. The Lord of the servant will come in that day and looketh not for him, and at the hour he is not aware. 48. For he that kneweth not, knew not, and did commit things worthy of stripes shall be beaten with a few stripes. So the other one was beaten with more stripes. This one was beaten with a few stripes, but this one didn't even know what to do. But the other one was beaten with more stripes. See, this is a parable. Who knows what that's going to look like? But... The point is, the one with that knew what to do was held uh, higher accountable. The one that sat in all the sermons, the one that received all the things, the, word, the one that received all the words, had all the prophecies, was held to a higher standard and therefore had a higher punishment compared to the one that only knew a little bit. But even if you only do a little bit and you do it and you stay faithful with it, faithful in the little, faithful with much, even if he comes back and you only have a a little bit to be faithful with and you're faithful with it, you're held higher than the one that, had, that knew all this stuff and had a lot to be faithful with. 
doesn't matter how much you're faithful with it. It matters, are you faithful? That's the point. Because faithfulness is not something that tarries away. It's either something you have or you don't have. Why do you not have longevity? Because you have no faithfulness. Because if you're faithful, you're going to stick with what God's having you do and telling you to do and having you say. Everybody can stand up. For unto whomsoever much is given, of him shall be much required. For what you're given, much is more is going to be required. Much more is going to be asked of you. And some people try to say, they try to think, well, God's going to get them too. Not get them, get them, but like he's going to, that's not going to be, it's like the people that are like, oh, well, let me not invest too much because I don't want God to give me much because... Well, I don't want God to hold me responsible. So let me not go to church so much. Or let me not read those books because I know if I read those books, then. But if you, if you have that mind of unfaithfulness for that, you're probably not even faithful where you're at right now with the little that you got. If you have that mind, you're already probably like, you don't even, you're not even, okay, you think, yeah, you won't be able to be faithful and, 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 and be trusted with that stuff because you're not trustable even right now with the little bit of word that you were given. Because you're not putting your hand to the plow now. Well, I don't want my plow to become bigger and, have, and more weight behind it. But you won't be able to do it then because even right now with this plow that's, that's very easy to push, you're, you're not pushing it. So if you're not pushing it now, you're not going to push it then. If you're pushing the plow now, without looking back, you're, he calls you, he says that you're fit for the kingdom. and You'll be able to push the plow no matter what comes behind it. And he'll help you push the plow, but you need to push. But if you're not willing to push the plow, you'll never be willing to push the plow. So today, we need to determine that we'll be willing to push the plow. We need to be determined that we will do, we will, we will not just be hearers only, but doers of the word. That when time comes, when seed time and harvest comes, that when our season comes, we will show forth fruit and fruit that remains. See, when you have artificial fruit, it's not fruit that remains. It withers away, and eventually find, people find out it's fake. If you have your own love, eventually you're going to get angry because your love is dead love. Your love is not the love. So, but when you have his love, you'll be able to withstand offense. You'll be able to withstand whoever does whatever to you. But when you're not pushing the plow, you are going to turn over to artificial fruits. You are going to try to act. You're acting the part because you're not living the part. You're trying to act like you're this, you're that, or you have this, or you have that, or you know this, or you know that, but, you're not, but it's because you're not pushing the plow and you won't even have to act anymore. You will just be. If you have to act, it's because you haven't allowed him to act in you. Thank you, Father, that when push comes to shove, that we will, we will show who who and what we are. And, and for those that don't even know what that means, when push comes to shove, it means that when it's time to show up, when it's time to do what you say, when, it's, when talk is all gone, are you going to do what you say? Are you going to do what you come in agreement with? Are you going to stand with who you say you're standing with? When all is said and done, are you going to be living what you said? Let your yeas be yeas and your noes be noes. If you say that you, you, are, you are this or you were that or you have this or you have that or you know this or you know that, don't talk about it. Show it. 
Let your faith not be without works, because if you really have faith, you will work, and you will show the works thereof, works of faith. People say all the time, faith, 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 but they show nothing, therefore they have nothing. It's a false faith. Oh, I thank you, Lord, that, Father, we would, we would, that we would endure the crushing, Father, that we would endure this, the simmering, Father, that we would not resist your message, Father, but that we would take everything to heart. We need to take every word to heart. And he will give us a new heart. Oh, Father, let my heart not turn into the heart of stone, but let the hammer break it apart. Just say, just say this after me. Father, I endure the hammer right now, Father. I endure the crushing. Break me apart, Father. Bring me low that I may be made high in you. For the pride shall, he shall resist. But he shall receive the humble and he shall exalt them. Oh, Father, I don't want to be the image of my own self, but I want to be the image that I was created to be. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank <laughs> you.